Hello, everybody. This is Craig Valentine from TurbulenceTraining.com and TTFatLoss.com. Got another great call for you this week. We have lots of great workout stuff. We're going to go over Turbulence Training 2K10, so the latest. That was in uh, January's workout. And we're going to go over some nutrition stuff. We're going to help you stop binge eating. Um, we're going to talk about some new workouts. And then we're also going to hit some research that shows the number one factor that determines long-term weight loss. So we're going to talk about that. Uh, first of all, I just want to say, anybody that, that's listening that's into using Facebook, make sure you drop by the Facebook fan page because my profile page now has the maximum number of fans or friends, which is 5,000, but we can have more people on the fan page. And that's where I do all these uh, Q&A sessions during the week, randomly over the course of the day, usually in the morning, but if you want to have a quick question, you can stop by there and ask. So that is at facebook.com forward slash turbulence training fan page. Hope to uh, speak with you over there. And another cool thing about that fan page is that I'm going to be releasing a free workout that is only available to people on that page. Okay, so if you're not a, a fan on Facebook, you won't get access to this workout, which is called the Turbulence Training Gauntlet. And it's a very advanced workout, but I'm going to put some beginner ones in there too. Um, earlier this week, I've been playing around with one of the workouts for it, the uh, abs gauntlet that I call it. Very, very difficult workout. I did it yesterday, and I'm very sore right now. Abs are really taking a hit from top to bottom. And uh, that one includes some interesting stability ball exercises, some advanced push-ups and chin-ups, and a unique pull-up exercise that you don't see very often in the turbulence training program. So look for that one soon if you are on the fan page. All right, so... Let's get into our fat loss tips for the week of Monday, March 22nd. We're going to start with the transformation tip of the week, which is going to start with a quote from an old former British prime minister who's long passed now, but his name is Benjamin Disraeli, and his quote was, action may not always bring happiness, but there is no happiness without action. And so I interpret that as saying, if you want to lose fat, you're going to have to make hard, uncomfortable choices in the short term in order to have long-term success, progress, and happiness. But don't worry, it's only going to hurt a bit right now when you take this action, and it's going to feel better for a long, 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 long time in the future after you've taken the action and you've gotten the results and you've gotten the happiness. So definitely want to make sure that even if you're struggling, keep on persevering and persisting because that's the only way that you're going to get closer and closer to what you want to become. Okay, so into... Terminal Training 2K10, Workout A, that's our program of the week, and we're going to start off with a tri-set, a mini circuit there of three exercises, and it's going to be squat jumps, then decline push-ups, and then we're going to get the stability ball out and do the Ys, Ws, and Ts. So you do the push, sorry, the lower body, explosive exercise, then decline push-up, and then you're going to do some upper back mobility. All right, so you go through that circuit three times, and then you're going to move into a superset of barbell squats. If you don't have a barbell, you can do dumbbell split squats. And you're going to do stability ball ab pikes. So that's an advanced ab exercise, similar to the jackknife, but you really pike your hips up in the air. Then we're going to finish, or sorry, not finish off, but go to the next three exercise mini circuit here, another tri-set of doing one leg hip extensions, one leg stability ball leg curls, and then a stability ball plank. And it is a real tough little tri-set there. Um, you may think it sounds like a joke, but trust me, it's not. And then we're going to finish off with 10 minutes of 
kettlebell swings. Now, you can do interval training if you want, but if you have access to a kettlebell, it's a good time to do some swings. You can do 40 seconds of swings, 20 seconds of recovery, and you can do 10 rounds of that. So it'll be a minute each. Um, if you want to do a couple of warm-up rounds of maybe 10 to 15 seconds. And I recommend, you know, starting with the light kettlebell if you haven't done kettlebells in a long time and only doing three or four circuits, not uh, ten, sorry, three or four rounds, not 10 rounds if you haven't been doing kettlebell training. But if you're advanced, you can get into the kettlebell training and do up to 10 rounds, 40 seconds on, 20 seconds off. That'll be real tough to finish off. But again, start with a light kettlebell so that you build up your conditioning and your muscles that are specific to that exercise. In a Tuesday, we want to get our 30 minutes of fun activity and then grab a green tea, and we're going to go over this week's research review, which is going to show us the number one predictor of long-term weight loss. And so we got some European scientists, some Swedish uh, researchers here that were involved in this study, and it's called Initial Weight Loss is the Best Predictor for Success in Obesity Treatment and Sociodemographic liabilities increase risk for dropout. So what they're going to talk about here is the number one factor, which they just told you in the, in the in the title. And they're also going to talk about some of the things that make people drop out of weight loss studies. So this is um, very interesting stuff here. So the what the scientists want to do is they just basically want to find out what's going to work in a weight loss study. And so they had 247 people go into a three-phase weight loss program. So they they did a pre-screening visit and then wanted to see if anybody lost weight after that. Then they did a five-week series of lectures. They were giving information to show people how to lose weight. And then after that, they went into a longer-term weight loss uh, treatment study for several weeks, uh, much longer. It says two semesters, but I'm not really sure how, that long, how long that turns out to be. But anyways, what they found was the strongest factor predicting fat loss or, sorry, weight loss in that long-term weight loss treatment was if they lost weight after the initial five-week lecture series. So really what they're saying is if you lose weight quickly and initially, then chances are you are going to lose more weight in the long term. And, and you know, that kind of makes, you know, very common sense there. But, um, you know, you really want to get off to a good start with your program. And so if you're going to get started in a program, make sure you are fully prepared. Make sure your kitchen is stocked with the right foods and not stocked with the wrong foods. And make sure that you uh, are able to avoid any situation where you're going to get off your plan. But make sure you plan in rewards as well. And then make sure you have a really structured program, uh, both nutrition and workout-based. Because if you don't and if you stumble through it, those are the times that you get through about 14 days with no results and you quit. But when you finally, you know, keep going, and you might try seven times, ten times, it might take 12 times even before you finally lose uh, long-term. But chances are when you do lose long-term, you're going to start off great because you're well-prepared. And then the other thing they wanted to mention was that there was a huge dropout rate in this program, over 60%. So over six out of ten people dropped out of this study before finishing. And that's, you know... Obviously, if, if I had six out of ten people, in a, I was a personal trainer, and six out of ten people quit, I would really hurt. And uh, obviously, that's why so many people try so many times, because they drop out. But what they found was there was five major reasons for dropping out. Lower education is one. Being an immigrant. Lack of occupation. 
fewer previous weight losses, so, you know, going back to less success, and then higher body dissatisfaction. So there's some things that we can change and some that we can't there. Uh, the more educated you are, the better chance you, uh, you'll have in a long-term success. I'm not exactly sure what the cause there is. It might be simply someone's able to stick with something. Uh, lack of occupation, obviously being unemployed is going to be uh, a little unsettling. It's going to put you in a, often in a foul mood, and that's probably not going to be very good for you if you want to stick to the weight loss study. Fewer previous weight losses. So really what you want to do is make sure you're planned and prepared so that you have success. And then if you only lose 5 pounds this time and you drop out, next time you might come back and you might lose 10 pounds because you're more prepared. And then finally, the third time you come back after quitting the second time, you might lose all 30 pounds you want to lose and then you're going to keep that off forever because you have had a little bit of success in the past. So just try and get a little bit of success fast in your weight loss program, that's maybe one thing we should focus on, getting a nice rapid quick start, and that might help people, more people stick with it. Now, I know a lot of people are always anti-fast weight loss at the start. You know, oh, you shouldn't lose weight fast at the start. Uh, you always gain it back. Well, maybe in reality what happens is those people who do lose weight fast do tend to stick with the program longer. So I think maybe we should not be so angry about quick weight loss, you know, provided it's not done through very, very wrong methods. But maybe we should be looking to try and you know, accelerate people's weight loss at the start to help them get off to the best start possible that will predict long-term success. Okay, so bottom line, the researchers concluded that initial weight loss is the most certain factor for predicting treatment outcome, which is weight loss. And so, you know, to me, practically speaking, your program should be designed to get immediate weight loss because that predicts future success. And on your end, you should be planned and prepared. You should, you know, be thinking about starting on Monday, but doing shopping now, getting stuff out of the house now, getting junk out of the house, getting into rituals and routines, and that way you'll have a better chance of success. Okay, into workout B from TT2K10. And... You can find that at turbulencetraining.com forward slash workouts and just browse through the 2010 workouts. It's from January. And you're going to start with kettlebell one-arm swing or kettlebell one-arm snatch, whichever one you know how to do properly. If you don't know how to do either of them properly, you can just skip it and go on to the rest of the workout. Um, you're going to do 15 reps per side without rest between arms. So you do 15 for one arm and then 15 for the other. Then you're going to do a superset of dumbbell low incline presses and dumbbell chest supported row. So the chest supported row, your chest is on the bench, there's an incline to the bench, and you're rowing up, tucking your elbows into the side there, and really squeezing between your shoulder blades. It really allows you to have a slightly greater range of motion than most dumbbell rowing and most seated rowing. Into the next superset, we're going to do a chin up with knee up, which is one of the exercises in that TT abs gauntlet that uh, has just shredded my abs, and it feels like put it through a paper shredder or raked it yesterday. Man, they're sore. And um, you know, just took like a giant garden rake and just ripped them apart. That's how it feels right now. And so you know, chin up with knee up, 12 reps, and then pair that with dips. So that's a nice little body weight superset there for your arms. And then we're going to finish off with a bit of meathead training here, dumbbell curls, dumbbell overhead tricep extension, and dumbbell 
rear deltoid raise, and you'll really get your classic upper body pump from that little tricep right there. I guarantee it. I'll tell you right now, my arms are sore. I did four sets of eight repetitions of dumbbell curls the other day, and I uh, got some sore, sore biceps right now. So I got I got all my beach body muscles are sore right now. Upper back is sore too. Chest isn't sore. Biceps are. So I'm gonna have to go. I'm actually gonna go and work legs today, so I'll get my legs sore as well. All right, into Thursday. 30 minutes of fun activity, but the one question that comes up over and over again, and uh, we had this come up so many times on Facebook uh, fan page Q&A session, is what should I do on my off-day workouts? And the answer is it's really up to the individual. You know, so you shouldn't do so much that you can't recover from. So, you know, if you do your turbulence training workout today, and then you do an off-day workout tomorrow where you go and do kettlebell swings and bodyweight exercises and you do sprints and you go back to do your regular workout on Friday and you're really sore and your weights go down and you can't have the intensity, then you've clearly done too much on your off day. So you don't want to do so much that you can't recover from the previous day's real workout or prepare for the next real workout in your program. Okay, that's a big mistake that folks make, going too hard on off days and hurting the quality of their real training. So I just wanted to list this circuit, which is in the Turbulence Training 2K10 program. It's an off-day circuit. It's some bodyweight exercises combined with stretching. But it gets you moving around, so you get the, um, you know, you could even get a bit of a sweat going here uh, if you add in a little bit of of interval training at the end, if you want to do interval training on off days instead of your regular days. Uh, You know, again, don't overdo it. You've got to know what your limits are. But here's the circuit. You can start with bodyweight squats then do stick-ups, then do mountain climbers, and you see we've just got all the joints moving here. Then you can do, um, if you have tight calves, you can stick a tennis ball underneath your calves uh, while you're lying on the ground and roll over the the, uh, sore spots. That will help over time get rid of the pain, even though it might seem kind of painful right now. Then foam rolling, if you need to do foam rolling for your IT band, which is on the side of your leg on the outside, that's generally a very tight spot and can lead to problems, especially in runners. So doing foam rolling at different points to find the painful spot. Um, then move into all the upper body stretches from the end of the turbulence training manual. Then you can do a hip extension bridge, a line hip extension. You're just going to hold that top position and squeeze your glutes for 30 seconds. Then a plank for 60 seconds, side plank 45 seconds. And then you're going to go into all the lower body stretches from the end of the manual. And you repeat that one more time. And that probably would take you 20 minutes, maybe even 30 you can even add a couple extra bodyweight exercises in there, whatever, uh, or more stretching if you need it. But, you know, that will keep you mobile and moving and recovered for the next workout. So we don't want to get too caught up in having, thinking, oh, we got to go and burn 500 calories every day. You know, as long as our nutrition is good and we're sticking to our regular workouts, we don't need to have that seven-day-per-week training mentality. Okay, into Friday, we're going to do workout C. I uh, just want to let everyone know that we're going to talk about a couple barbell exercises here, but there's dumbbell alternatives. So the first superset is deadlift for eight reps paired with military press. Now, clearly, that's going to be tough to pull off in a regular commercial gym to go from barbell deadlift to barbell military press. I can actually do it where I train because during the day there's uh, – not always a lot of use in the squat racks, and I train about 1 o'clock. So some days I can do both, but even most days for me I can't pull off both. Um, so what you can do is just do instead of military press, you can do dumbbell press. 
Or if you're not comfortable doing the deadlift, you can do dumbbell squats. Or if you don't have barbells for either, you can do dumbbell squats and dumbbell uh, overhead press, one-arm overhead press. You can have your palms facing in if you want to take some of the stress off the rotator cuff. All right, then into the second superset, which is forward lunges. You're going to do that one-and-a-half repetition style. So you're going to step forward, drop all the way down, halfway back up, drop all the way down, drive back up to the standing position. Okay, we'll do all reps on one side and switch. Then you're going to pair that with the renegade row using either a flat dumbbell or kettlebells. Those are the only two things that won't roll away from you, and we want to make sure that there's safety there. So renegade row, you can do 10 reps on one side, 10 reps on the other. Then you're going to go into a barbell rollout, which is a very tough version of the stability ball rollout. Now, if you're not, if you have shoulder problems, you're going to skip that exercise, maybe do a stability ball jackknife instead. But if you have any type of shoulder problem, it might just be too much extension on the shoulder joint there. And you're going to pair that with a side plank that, come, that also does a dumbbell lateral raise. So you're going to be in that side plank position and holding a light dumbbell. I would start with 5 or 10 pounds, even if you're strong. So if you're you know, a beginner, just start with uh, your hand and, and no weight at all and just do this motion. But you're going to do the side plank. You're going to hold that position, and you're going to do a lateral raise and, and take that dumbbell up so it's, you know, where your arm is up, pointed towards the ceiling. And so that'll work your shoulders while you're working your abs at the same time. You do 10 reps per side. Then you're going to finish off with five minutes of those short shuttle sprints, you know, the suicide-type sprints, five to 10 meters. You can do 15-second sprint, 15-second rest, 10 rounds. Now, you are, can't go full out at first because you're just going to have a huge drop-off after about four or five. But, I mean, it's pretty tough. If you want to take 30 seconds rest, that's fine. Um, but, you know, over time, that it really, the fatigue really accumulates on you. And um, it's, it feels really good to be done, trust me. But that won't take you very long, and you're just going to go through and, and pound that out. So 15 on, 15 off, times 10. And there's another workout in uh, TT2K10, but we're going to save that for next week's call and because it's a bodyweight circuit. So we'll see that next week. We just don't have time to fit it in this time. All right, so now into Social Sports Saturdays, 30 minutes of fun activity. It's the weekend. It's the time when everyone who is struggling to lose fat falls off the nutrition plan. So here's something to consider. You know, if there's junk food in your house, you're absolutely positively going to eat it. I mean, unless you have this amazing ability to block it out. So if you don't want to eat it, simply get it out of your house. You just have to, okay? Uh, otherwise, you're going to have to accept the fact that you're going to eat it eventually. You know, if it's there for the kids, it doesn't matter. Mom or dad's going to eat it. You know, if, if uh, the man brings it into the house, chances are the woman's going to eat some of it too. So the first rule is simply to get it out of the house. When I go and visit my friends or my family and they have junk food in the house, generally I'm going to eat some of it, okay? So I just do not ever keep it around here. And I go visit people once a week on the weekend, and it's okay to have a little bit. But I just don't keep it around. So that's the way it is. You know, I don't, you're not going to like that. You're probably going to say, oh, you know, someone's always got it in the house. That is unfortunate. You're going to have to come up with rituals to avoid it. So here's what you do. If someone does bring it in the house, you need to make it extremely difficult for you to access. So if you're short, put it up in a high cupboard. Put it out of sight, put it out of mind. Research shows that the harder it is to access, the less you'll eat, even if you can't see it. So if you put it in 
an opaque container that you can't see through. There may be, you know, research shows that people eat less candy when stuff is displayed in an opaque container, which means you can't see through it, see through it, so like a dark container, versus when it's in a container that you can see through, like a glass container. And they've also found that if they, you know, they, they put these candies in an office, and they found that if they put the candies, you know, down at the end of the office where you have to get up and walk and go to them, you'll eat two or three candies a day, but if you have them within arm's reach, you'll eat six or more candies per day. So keep it out of sight, out of mind. That's the very least that you can do if you can't keep it out of your house. And finally, we want to talk about avoiding nighttime binges. Same stuff. Research shows the harder you make it to access those foods, the less you will eat of them. So keep it out of mind, keep it hard to get, and that way you won't eat that much. Also use a food journal, post what you eat online, uh, make a nutrition buddy and say, hey, I'm going to tell you everything I eat, and uh, you know, you're know you accountable to somebody, that will probably help. And then after dinner, if that's when you have your hard, uh, hard time avoiding binges, try something like plain yogurt plus chocolate protein powder plus some peanuts or some peanut butter melted in there. That's better than ice cream, okay? Especially if you use, you know, peanut butter that's just peanuts or use almond butter or if you're using, you know, organic protein powder, organic yogurt compared to eating ice cream, you're much better off, okay? Some people argue that's still not perfect and it's not, but it's so much better than going and getting ice cream. And one last thing to mention, make sure you use small bowls so that your portion sizes are small. And again, to go and refill the bowl, it's going to take you, uh, it's probably going to shut down or cut down on the number of people that go and refill the bowl. Um, so stick with a small bowl. Otherwise, you'll eat more calories. You'll eat, you'll eat everything in the bowl, put it that way, right? Um, also, other research shows that if you have a mirror in your kitchen, believe it or not, a mirror in your kitchen, so something where you can see a reflection of yourself, you're going to eat fewer snacks. So it's not putting pictures of, you know, I don't know who's famous these days and looks good, like, you know, Cindy Crawford. That's the first name that came to my head. You know, putting a picture of Cindy Crawford on your fridge is not going to be as effective as putting one of those little, you know, locker-sized mirrors, you know, those little four-by-six mirrors or whatever on your fridge and you having to look at yourself every time you go to your fridge. Research shows that's actually better than putting pictures of other people up that you want to look like. So just another tip to help you avoid the binging, and I hope that uh, over time you have success with that. I also want people to understand you're not going to go from someone who binges twice a week to someone who doesn't binge once a year. I mean, it's going to be a process of you slowly cutting that out of your life. And again, going back to what we talked about at the start, persistence and, you know, going through it and, you know, it might be the third time, the seventh time, the eleventh time, might take, you know, 21 stops and starts. I doubt everyone quit smoking the first time they quit smoking for good, right? But people that keep on trying will finally succeed. Okay, I promise you that. I promise if you don't give up, you will succeed. So please, try all these things and understand that every day that you try something, you're making progress and moving towards a better you. Okay, good stuff. Sunday, plan, shop, and prepare. We've got 30 minutes of fun activity. Then make sure you got all the grocery stuff and, uh, you know, go and do the preparation 
chop things up, wash things, probably in the opposite order where you wash things and chop things. And then, um, you know, some of the new things that I've been trying in the blender drinks, I tried cucumber this morning. Didn't work out so well. I'm not a huge cucumber fan uh, unless it's a pickle. And the cucumber in the drink just made it taste like cucumber. And I put more raspberries in, but that didn't help anything. It only made it sweeter, but it tasted like cucumber. And so it wasn't a disaster, but it wasn't uh, world's best blender drink this morning. Kale is okay. Uh, I've been using that in place of spinach once in a while, but still, I prefer the spinach. It's um, easier to get to blend the spinach up and not uh, recognize that it's in there at all. Uh, for healthy fats, if you don't want to use fish oil in your diet, obviously not in your blender drinks. I haven't gone that crazy yet. But uh, if you don't want to use fish oil for healthy fats um, and you're wondering how to replace that, flax oil can go in the shake. I put flax oil in with, and I can't taste it at all. And, I mean, that stuff is actually very powerful. So I'm quite surprised flax oil can go in the blender drink. I also use flax meal, but that really, really thickens the shake. And um, sometimes I ruin shakes by putting too much flax meal in. And then walnuts are also a very good source of healthy fats as well. And then people have been asking me, you know, what do I put in the shakes? And I tell them on my Facebook page, and, uh, you know, I say I put all these berries in. They're like, oh, that's really expensive, especially at this time of year. And it is if you're buying them. But what I do is my mom actually, she's, you know, great old farm wife, and she'll go in the summertime and she'll go and pick, you know, bags and bags and bags of berries, and she freezes them. And every time I go home to visit, she'll give me a giant bag of berries. So, uh, you know, this summer coming up for us here in North America, go and pick your own, freeze them, and then you'll have uh, very inexpensive berries all winter long for you to put in your blender drinks, okay? Or feed them to your dog because I know my dog likes blueberries. Um, but don't uh, take that as a recommendation of what to feed your dog in case your dog gets sick. <laughs> all right, I claim no uh, responsibility. All right, so next week we're going to have a muscle and metabolism boosting and building theme call. So we're going to talk a lot about muscle building. We're going to review one of my personal muscle building programs from my 2000 and peak, 2006 peak size. Um, we're going to have a weekly research review talking about hormone resistance training study. I was going to do that this week, but I decided to do a lot more muscle building stuff next week. We'll have muscle building nutrition, and we're going to get some help from Brad Pilon on the truth about metabolism. And then we'll put in a nice little bodyweight circuit there from the TT2K10 program that we didn't get a chance to get to this week. Uh, the metabolism stuff should be controversial, and you'll enjoy that. So that's it, everybody. A long call today, but a great call. Thank you very much for being a part of it. Um, again, please visit me on Facebook. Join that fan page. We do a lot of interaction there. I just find it's the best way to interact with people. I've tried you know, Twitter and, and email, and you, know, you can just interact with so many people and get so much feedback. So facebook.com forward slash turbulence training fan page. That's where we can interact the best, I think. And I look forward to speaking with you there. And also uh, see you on the blog at ttfatloss.com. And, of course, if you have any interest in getting new workouts, make sure you visit turbulencetraining.com forward slash workouts. We post all the latest ones up there. So have a great week, everybody. Hope you have seven days of fat burning, and we'll talk to you next week. Have a great day.